Hi everyone, and welcome to the Slug Club, where all things Harry Potter and mischief are managed. Justin from Hufflepuff here, along with my part Vila, Foley, Ravenclaw, cousin Jason, and my brother Rob from Gryffindor, who's never read the books. The three of us are looking to pick up the conversation as we wrap up our first thoughts review of the newly released magical RPG centered within the heart of the wizarding world, Hogwarts Legacy. This is, of course, part two of the two-part series. If you haven't gotten the chance already, be sure to go back and listen to our previous episode where we discuss our thoughts on character creation and the rolling backlash that's bled into the release of Hogwarts Legacy. Additionally, if you're joining us from Spotify, you're welcome to join in on the discussion through this episode's poll and community questions. The house with the most participation will be awarded 20 points. But let's jump back into the topic for the day, gathering and talking about our first thoughts after playing Hogwarts Legacy. You know, one of the things that I'm actually surprised that we forgot about, one of the coolest facets of the create a character is that you can link your Wizarding World account to your account on Hogwarts Legacy, right? All right, sorry, I wasn't paying attention to your question because I was looking up to prove in fact that the Hogwarts school song is a deleted scene in the Goblet of Fire. It's in so, the movie. All right, I bet you when, because I just watch it on like, you know, when it's like a marathon on like, mm-hmm. like sci or, or something. something. Formerly yeah. known as ABC Family. Yeah, I bet you they just show the deleted, they just do the extended version with the deleted scenes. Uh-huh. And yep. that's why you just we just think it's in there, but in right. the actual theatrical release, maybe it wasn't. Yeah, it's like in Prisoner of Azkaban, where sometimes in the TV uh, TV presentations, um, it'll have that deleted scene where the fat lady is gone, um, and they replace him with the knight, replace the fat lady with the knight, who's like oh, sitting there Kerduggan? to defend uh, Gryffindor common room. Sir, What's his name again? Sir Kerduggan? Sir Kerduggan or something like that. I've actually found him in the game. Um, oh, and really? it's funny because you walk past him and he like, uh, challenges you to duels and stuff. <laughs> That's funny. I don't think I found him yet. Yeah. Yeah. I found him in the game. Um, but it's like, you get to walk around and I mean, this is part of our exploration talking about the game, but you get to walk around all the familiar locations of Hogwarts from the movies, from the books, Peeves, the poltergeist is there and his presence in the game only reaffirms what I've said in that the movies are better off without him. Um, because he just walks around and he says the classic peeve line of naughty, naughty, you get caughty. And, and just, he's just, just around doing dumb stuff. And it seems like I'll be in the dining hall. And then I go three halls down peeves is there again. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I can't get rid of him. <laughs> I left the dining hall specifically to get away from him. <laughs> it's yeah. That's what um, every student and every professor at Hogwarts thinks too. Yeah, everybody yeah, says, especially uh, the groundskeeper. Um, I think they they do do a really interesting job though of like combining, like it, it, it's not the castle isn't exactly like the movies. There are definitely differences. Like there's just there's no way certain like the way they travel from one place to another. Like it doesn't make any sense that they would even uh, that they would do that. Even even like Hagrid's hut is I'm pretty sure Hagrid's Hut is like different in different movies. <laughs> like sure. it's the way you travel there is like different in Prisoner of Azkaban than in other movies. But like, like when you walk into like the Defense Against the Dark Arts classroom, you're like, holy cow, this is exactly from the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so like they do a really good job of kind of mixing book, movie, but then probably also creating some stuff themselves. 
and yeah, taking yeah. a little creative freedom and well they have to yeah right there's definitely enough that you'll just recognize right away uh and it just it's just it's it, i almost compare it to like walking in a diagon alley at universal like you just you almost feel like you're there well like, i mean there's even there's there's callbacks to things that are specifically in the movies that you know people who've read the books or or seen the movies you'll recognize things like the one-eyed witch passage yeah. that goes to hogsmeade um, that yeah. goes to honeydukes um that's in there but also i mean we'll try to keep we'll keep it spoiler free but there's even new secrets about hogwarts castle oh. um, that you get to discover um well there were yeah. in the books george um, george and fred yeah I was, trying, I was trying to think of which one it was but i don't yeah one of them they did say there were seven secret passages Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, like in the movies, they only really talked about the one. But in the books, Harry went did use like three or four of them, I think. And there's talk about, especially in the Deathly Hallows, of Snape blocking off pretty much all of the passages. You know, all yeah. the secret passages except for the one. You know, that's there. <laughs> it's the one that's there at the Hogshead, right? That's where. Uh, that's what makes sense. That's where Aberforth would be, right? You know, is at the Hogshead, mm-hmm. um, where it's the portrait there that they uh, that they enter right. through. Um, I might be wrong on that. I know Abby and Lizzie are going to listen to this, and they're going to be <laughs> texting my ear off uh, about it. it's like you idiot. It's not the Hogshead, <laughs> you know. But we'll see. We'll see. And if they don't text me, I know I'm right. <laughs> I know I'll just assume that I'm right then. Oh, but we got to go back to the combat, right? Because we talked about the uh, mapping the presets and it's not too convoluted. I'll tell you what, something I saw, you know, and this was a person who was against Hogwarts Legacy. And I'll just say, like, with the critic scores that are out, like currently the Metacritic score, uh, Metacritic score, the rating is at 90 and uh, the user rating is like 9.1 or 9.2, you know, out of 10. And uh, just to be clear, nothing gets 10. Nothing has gotten 100, 100, you know, Metacritic score. It's like Elden Ring is at 96. Skyrim is in the is is around 90. I think it might even be in the 80s. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, 72. You know, it's like (laughs) (laughs) um, so it is you cannot say that it's not a good game. And I would say anybody who says that the game is trash is literally just you know trying to confirm like what they already want to think or is ideologically driven in that in that statement i haven't Um, heard one bad thing about this game so far i mean there's different complaints i mean we already talked about you know the lack of freedom in character creation luckily i was able to kind of create a character that i was actually pretty happy with Mm -hmm. um as far as looking like me because i know a lot of people they'll like want to create you know and they take the role-playing exercises creating somebody who's not like them you know what i mean for me the fun of being in like a harry potter game and what i've been looking for i'm creating me right i'm making me in the game and not only that i was texting uh jason about this but uh, i said like i'm making like I'm, every character because you can create four characters on your uh on your game and uh like Justin said, um, I mean, I don't think we ever answer this. I think you just asked and then we just kept saying stuff. Uh, but you link your game to your Wizarding World account. So your house sorting quiz that you take on Wizarding World, um, also your wand quiz, 
are transferred into the game. So when you go to Ollivander's um, in Hogsmeade to get a wand, uh, it, it it will suggest that wand to you, that one oh. specifically. And then um, each wand, depending on whatever core you have, depending on whatever wood it is, it impacts whatever stats your character can use during combat and magic, right? I don't believe so. I don't no. think your wand has any effect statistically on the game and i'm it's not glad like for if that it's, if it's a little rigid then like you have like a little bit less of a certain dynamic or a certain uh statistic as far i would as say the, the only goes. thing that would actually change that would probably be your wand wood and your wand core those would probably be the only things that i could see lore wise making sense because your rigidity literally just reflects your wand's allegiance or loyalty um, mm -hmm. And it's like uh, it's how lenient it would be to or how readily it would accept another owner. Mm -hmm. um, so like one that has firm rigidity would not be easy to accept another owner, even from somebody who like won the wand from another like Bellatrix Lestrange's wand is unyielding. And uh, Ollivander like warns him like, oh, treat that carefully, you know, <laughs> like, hey. You know, that one probably won't uh, probably won't work for you guys very well. But like, you know, if you have one that's slightly swishy like mine, apparently I've got a flippant one that's just trops in about town going with any witch or wizard that <laughs> blinks at it. <laughs> and then uh, wand length is corresponding to like, you know, either your physical stature and size or the size of your personality. Mm -hmm. um, so those things don't statistically you know happen. But lore wise with the wands, depending on the core, uh, Dragon Heart Stirring is supposed to make the most powerful magic. Um, unicorn Hair is supposed to make the most uh, consistent magic. And Phoenix Feather is supposed to have the widest range of magic. So I could see like that would be kind of cool like to statistically awesome alter element. that. Um, but then it's like, hey, I don't want everybody to be like me and have Phoenix Tail Feather Core. Because, I mean, obviously it's the best. Uh, and all three of us would agree because we all have Phoenix Tail Feather as our Phoenix core. family. Yeah, I know. It's a, we're the Phoenix family here because uh, <laughs> it's statistically, uh, even on Wizarding World, it's the rarest of the three. Yeah, Craig um, has it too, right? And by a bit. Yep, Craig too. has it too. Oh, yeah. We need one more person so we could be the Phoenix Five. The Phoenix oh. Five? Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, we're already the Phoenix Four, though. Yeah, but that you know what's was, interesting. The Phoenix Four wasn't an X Men. Phoenix Five Phoenix, was. Phoenix Force Four. <laughs> you know what's interesting too is everybody that we've had on the Slug Club that isn't part of our family has had a different core. Have they though? Right, because like we have Abby and Lizzie. We have Who's Chris. Dragon Heartstring. Chris was Unicorn Hair, right? And then right. Hillary. I don't Hillary's think Dragon Heartstring. I don't think she had Phoenix Tail Feather. We'd have to. We'd have to confirm that. You know, we'd have to confirm it. But um, I mean, it does seem like a lot of our other people are unicorn. But we need to get some dragon heartstring representation up there. I don't think we have any yet. Sad thing is, I don't know if I really know anybody who. <laughs> the only person I know at dragon heartstring is uh, Lucius Malfoy because he's sitting there and he's stammering. He's like dragon, dragon, dragon heartstring. He's <laughs> <laughs> his wand with his broken snake handle. Which is another thing you can customize with your wand. You get like, there's like eight or nine different uh, styles of wand. And each of those styles has three different colors that you can choose from for the wood. Oh, that's um, cool. There's like a light, a warm, and a dark. It's not even necessarily always that. Because not every wand is going to have the same three colors, right? What? Um, 
So like some wands will have gray or black as an option, um, but others won't. And some might have like, you know, kind of like a light, like rosy pink wood shade to it. And others just just won't. It's, and so it's uh, depending on the style. So it gives a lot of unique opportunity. I mean, it's mm -hmm. limited in the number of possible outcomes as far as just the wand look. But what adds even more complexity and uh, individuality is that you can even get wand handles. And I'm not talking about dumb snake heads like Lucius Malfoy had. I'm talking about things that look awesome. And there's, you know, I found at least two dozen uh, of these different wand handles that you can add oh, on to cool. your wand. And I know that there's more to be found out there because there, there are rewards for quests and there are rewards for missions that you do and also in chests throughout the world. But, you know, it's like tons of different options there to really make it feel like it's an individual thing to you. And I'm sure there's going to be overlap because some people will probably be drawn to certain looks or aesthetics, but it gives you so much freedom. And clothing and your gear is the same exact way. I was yeah. blown away by the number of styles of different. I thought I was just going to be stuck in uh, my plebe robes. You know, I <laughs> thought it was going to be like the Chris Columbus Harry Potter movies where I'm just stuck in robes all the time. And there's like, you know, dozens of different robe options that feature your house colors and uh, your house crest, um, but also other things that aren't even uh, related to your house, to Hogwarts house. It's just like regular, you know, like clothing um, yep. that's also there too. And it's like face masks, hats, you know, glasses, so many different things. Um, some of the glasses being a little steampunk, Victorian era kind of themed in there and others just, you know, regular glasses. Jason, what were your thoughts on uh, on gear and customization in that sense? Yeah, that's where the game, I think, really starts to open up. Now, I, I do have one negative on the gear. The gear is super cool. It is very uh, diverse, and there's a lot of options. And it's nice that even though you pick up new gear as you progress, stats are tied to gear. So you're constantly getting better gear, but you can always make your character look how you want them to look. Even if the gear that you want them to wear is some old gear, you can customize, you know, making sure that I want to always wear this one hat. You know, I got the Newsy hat, so therefore I'm never yeah. taking it off, you know. Um, but yeah. my Newsy hat is like a level six and I'm up to level 10. So um the, the, my gripe with it, though, is that every time I get a new piece of gear that's better, I have to equip that gear and then go back in to customize putting on my other yep. piece again. And change the appearance, yeah. Yes. And so you'd need... like a feature where you could lock your style yes. in. Lock the style in. Mm -hmm. If I want to change that, I should be able to change that. Because I mean, you upgrade your gear fairly quickly. Right. I feel like I'm constantly finding better gear than what I'm wearing. And yep. so every every half hour, I'm having to go in there again and change what my character looks like. And half the time, I forget what I was wearing before anyway. But eh. And I don't have a problem with it as long as I can customize, which I can. But the having to redo the way I look all the time is, it's a little, it's a little annoying. You know, it's not the worst thing in the world, but it's a little annoying. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm sorry we do this because we keep getting off the, the combat topic. <laughs> um, because... <laughs> The combat, and don't don't uh, take this to mean that the combat is kind of like mid or anything, 
because I think the combat is out of this world. I think it's fantastic. I saw somebody mm. on Facebook who was uh, commenting and left a post comparing uh, the number of spells in Elden Ring to the number of spells in Hogwarts Legacy. It's like Elden Ring, over 100 spells. Hogwarts Legacy, 26 mm. spells. And it was like apples and oranges, really, because uh, usually in games like Skyrim, when you have like fire and frost magic, you have like four different fire or frost magic spells, but really they're just more powerful versions of the same spell. Mm -hmm. um, and so in the Harry Potter world, it's not like that, though, because you have the, the spell and you you might have a spell that's you might be more powerful based on your magical ability. It's not about knowing a different spell that's you know at a higher level or does more damage um it depends mm -hmm. on your your ability to, that how powerful it is i i agree with you jason that it's it's very much like assassin's creed um in the sense that there's a lot of kind of parry mechanics dodge mechanics in there mm -hmm. um where you can parry with protego uh the shielding spell and you can actually do perfect parries if you time them right. Like you get kind of like a notifier over your you know, head, like whenever an attack's coming, whether you can parry it or you have to dodge from it. But you can time it right and you can, you know, deal based on your talents and your perks, uh, do even different cool things like sending out a blast from you or sending out two like uh, missiles from you if you get a perfect parry. Um, and your stupefy is connect to your parry. It's a counterattack. Mm -hmm. Um, so stupefy spell isn't one that you cast with an, any of your other inputs. It's attached to your blocking mechanic, but I thought the combat wall based like, uh, Assassin's Creed, it doesn't fall into the, what I call the Batman Arkham Asylum trap where the whole thing is just counterattacking. Um, <laughs> right. like I could not get into really the first Assassin's Creed and Batman Arkham Asylum because like there was no offensive element to it was all just reactive you know what mm -hmm. i mean it was all parry counterattack. um but i think there's a really great balance in this game because there's a lot of times where it's advantageous for you to parry and a lot of opportunities in the midst of the same combat encounter where you can mix it up and go on the offensive. And there's a good range of spells that are offensive and spells that do controlling things, like you learn Arresto Momentum, Levioso, Flipendo. You, you, you're able to do crowd control while you can, so you can take other people out of the fight while you can focus on others so that things aren't as overwhelming. You can even use uh, plants, magical plants, in fact, uh, Jason, I don't know if you saw this, but I saw that the most damage you can do in the game is not through a spell. Is it, tell me it's through a mandrake. It's through the chomping cabbages. It's the through Chinese chomping, chomping cabbages. <laughs> <laughs> Chinese chomping cabbages deal the most damage. You can get a feat where you can throw out extra ones, and they just destroy all of like the hardest bosses in the game. They just wow. do thousands of points of damage. <laughs> Just you just watch the health bars of those bosses that take you, you know, a long time to defeat and whittle down their health, just melt away instantaneously, which is hilarious. But even then in the combat, it gives you different options, which I think is a good transition for us to talk about uh, the perk tree, the talents and the customization that you can have, not just with your wand and not just with your gear, which are great customizing things. And to what you said, Jason, as far as the negative of having to constantly change the thing, 
I mean, the level cap is at 40. And uh, I've noticed here uh, at my point of the game in level 30 that you really slow down in your level progression around level 20. Um, it seems okay. like you level up really quick up to level 20 and then it gets slower, um, a lot slower, okay. um, which makes sense because you get most of your experience from like picking up pages. And once you find the pages, they're gone. You can't get that experience anymore. Mm -hmm. Um and so uh, like you, you slow down. And so you're, I find myself not changing gear as much and that the upgrades to my gear are coming fewer and fewer, but it's like great because like I'm at a point now where I can upgrade my own gear and give, you know, put different like perks into my gear, um, which is another great element that, I mean, like, I don't even think that's a first impressions because uh, I've, I've just unlocked that in the game. <laughs> and so uh, I don't know if I'm ready to speak on it. Um, well, what are the different talents that you can customize your character to, Rob? So there's different perk trees. Perk and, tree. Uh, there are different perks that you can unlock. They call them talents, but I'm going to use the words feats or perks. They're just different add-on bonuses to your character um, that you can use in conjunction as you're progressing in the game to make your character feel more individual and uh, more unique and to fit your play style in the game. So there's, uh, I believe, four or five different perk trees. There is uh, one tree that is just uh, feats for your spells, doing things like, oh, when you cast this spell, now it's going to have an area of effect burst around you when you cast it. Oh, that's cool. Um, or for, like, Accio, when you cast Accio, if other people are standing around uh, the person you cast it on, it drags them in as well and Ooh. brings, like, multiple people close to you. Um, force unleashed um, over here yeah yeah so there's good combos that you can set up like if you want to be somebody who's kind of short range and up close you can uh accio a, a group of people together you can uh cast you know more area of effect things while you've got them close together um do a, do a good old ascendio just set them all on fire yeah yeah and incendio uh area of effect nukem you know and yeah. uh there's good synergy between the spells that will fit your play style. Speaking of which, one of the perk trees is dark arts. And I know this is Jason's favorite. Jason's yep. going to love it. Um, yep. Jason's the most Slytherin Ravenclaw you've ever seen. <laughs> Listen, I, I stayed true to myself. All right. I, I thought about being a Slytherin because I saw a video of their common room, but and it know, looks great. It's in the I dungeons. Know. And if I'm being honest, the Ravenclaw comedy might have been the most boring one I saw. But yeah, <laughs> you can't uh, you, even you, more you boring than Hufflepuff. No, I even the Hufflepuff the... one looked pretty cool. It's it's or underground. In, interesting. Yeah, it feels like a hobbit hole, you know, from yeah. Lord of the Rings. So it, it does kind of make me feel like I enjoy it because of, you know, being such a good Lord of the Rings fan. Yeah. But, you know, something you just you can't get away from your roots. You know, I, I just can't. Yeah. <laughs> I got to be true to myself. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, you can learn the unforgivable curses in the game. We'll talk about companions in a little bit here. Yeah, it but, should you know, be like said, though. there's different people who can introduce you to the, uh, the unforgivable mm -hmm. curses. But those are only three of the perks in the entire thing. Oh. Um, and so there's 10 different uh, talents in the dark arts chart. And uh, you only three of them are specific to the unforgivable curses. The dark um, arts are the they, pathway to many abilities. Some may find <laughs> unnatural. 
unnatural. <laughs> unnatural. It, it should be <laughs> said though that like this game, I think this game's probably a little more brutal than uh some people might realize. Yeah. Well, I'm playing yeah. on the hardest difficulty and I've I've been kind of overwhelmed at points. I so I I generally don't play games on the hardest difficulty because I want to actually enjoy my experience and not want to throw my controller because something is in like and fight a, fight the same boss 19 times in a row because I can't beat him. Um, <laughs> Elden Ring. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, and, so I'm just playing on like the normal difficulty, which I think is still the third highest. Right. There's like a super easy, then like a somewhat easy, then like a normal, and then hard. But and by mm-hmm. super easy, it's called story. It's like <laughs> yeah, for people just who story. just want to hear the story. <laughs> yeah. So I'm on the normal mode, and which is still like difficult if you go into an area that you, like you probably shouldn't be in yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you don't need Abbot a cadaver to, to straight up merc somebody, all right? Like, yeah, there are there are other things you can do. Yeah, it's too bad that it's other the ways time. you can play. It's too bad that it's before the time of Snape, because I feel like right at the top of that dark arts tree should be Sectum Sempra. Yeah, yeah you true. can't learn Sectum Sempra because, yeah. you know, obviously Snake hasn't cre- Snape hasn't created it yet. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, you've got all those perks there. The dark arts introduces an effect called cursed enemies who are cursed are receiving more damage from your attacks. Um, and it's different perks that like, you know, if you kill somebody who has the curse condition, it restores some of your health. Also, like targets that share a cursed effect are going to take damage simultaneously. So you're damaging more people at the same time. Um, I haven't invested any perks in that because I just feel like I'd be on the Death Eater path if I did. Um, and I just know that's not the path that I'm walking. That's for my Slytherin playthrough character <laughs> to adventure through. Um, which does bring up an interesting point because you're not able currently in the game to unlock all the talents. The level cap is at 40 and you only get a talent starting at level five. So you only have like 35 or 36 total talents um, that you get to select. Almost uh, overwhelming to me because I've got analysis by paralysis, right? I And this is a negative for me because you have no way to currently in the game unless they provide some sort of patch uh there's no way to respec your talents once you use oh. them you cannot change them you use them and you so lose them. i'm Ooh. i'm at level seven and i've got seven talents to spend and i've been so terrified of picking <laughs> the wrong one that i haven't used seven and that's a lot of talents that's a lot of my talents that i'm that i'm just leaving sitting on the table I'm just every time I look through it and I even count them up and I've I think I have it mapped out, but I'm worried that as soon as I commit to it, some I'm going to watch a video on YouTube where it's like, oh, yeah, if you're doing that, if you're doing the path that I, that you chose, you're an idiot. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, I hate to tell you, you wasted all of your time and all of your resources. It feels daunting to me. So I'd say that's the negative. Um, I think if they gave away and even if you had to pay in-game currency, which is not very easy, easily accepted uh, or readily available, by the way. The in-game currency feels like sometimes you're, you're short on cash. Um, but there's, there's, there's plenty of different things. Like if I could pay to just respect my talents, that would be one thing. And I would, I would do that happily. I would mm-hmm. pay any cost. I would pay thousands of galleons 
just to just to be able to change up my talents if I needed to or if I wanted to. Um, but I think what this game does incredibly well overall is create a unique experience for your character where it feels like there's enough options where most people are not going to have the same character. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and I would, I would say most people to cover my bases. I think that there's enough customization, like definitely aesthetically and your look, nobody is going to look the same as you because there's just so many options out there. Even Um, gameplay too, depending on who you befriend and who you decide to invest in, like the NPCs in the game, even them can, they can have, um, implications later on in the storyline like they might go with you on Mm -hmm. different quests right during the storyline or assist you in different ways i've only been presented with one opportunity to choose which person i'm bringing um and each house does a good job of introducing like four characters um that are in your age that will provide opportunities and background and side quests for you to pursue and build relationship with them. Jason, have you gotten to familiarize yourself with any of them or, or speak to a lot of people? Yeah, I've spoken to a few. Yeah, so I did have an option. Like when you when you first travel to Hogsmeade, they just, you know, they, they basically, they make you pick a partner. You know, do you, want, do you want to go with the Slytherin? Do you want to go with the Gryffindor? And it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's cool. I'm sure you picked Sebastian from Slytherin. I did not actually. I, I figured I'm gonna be I'm gonna be dueling him at some point. I, I'm I I know I'm gonna end up with a story with him. I would I would rather the Slytherin be my enemy. Listen, even though I'm a secret Slytherin, hashtag secret Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'll I th- I feel like we're gonna have some sort of a we're gonna have some sort of controversy at some point. To conclude with uh, the talents before we move on to companions. Um, so the talents provide you different ways that you can create a character that's unique to your play style. Um, all the YouTube videos I've been watching, people are like, you know, there's a stealth tree and, uh, I'm not interested in that. I don't think there's a lot that's good there. Um, and then I'm listening to them say that. And I'm like, that's the only way I want to play. That is, (laughs) yeah. I was like, that is my play style to a T. Yeah. And I thought the stealth uh... tree is great. Not many people know this. But Rob is actually a direct descendant from the Peveril brothers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the invisibility cloak brother. Yeah. Is, there a, is there a perk that turns your wand into a bow and arrow? Because that's what Rob's going to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. There will be, no, be no deliberation on that one. Anything that's just arrows? It's like if yeah. I can just create my Skyrim characters where it's like I'll create <laughs> a character and I'll be like, all right, I think this time I'll play a, a two-handed fighter. Somehow always winds up to just being a guy who runs around with a bow. Uh, <laughs> I start off with the best of intentions, and then I feel like they're just going to end up being stealth guys. Uh, Boy, it is going to be weird when when I get that Alohomora spell and I'm not having to break all my lock picks and yeah, trying yeah. to open everything. <laughs> yep, yep. And uh, that is going to be weird. The stealth uh, perk tree, the stealth talent tree, is the smallest of all of them. There's only four stealth talents. Um that will allow you to sprint while you're stealthed, um, which is a spell. So it's the disillusionment charm that you cast to kind of blend into your surroundings. Um, It's kind of like a Kroger brand invisibility cloak. It's not quite (laughs) as good. 
and so you've got you've got one that makes you sprint you've got one or two that make you harder to detect which makes it easier to sneak up on people and you want to sneak up on people because if you sneak up on somebody undetected you can cast the body bind curse on them petrificus totalis and kill them instantly um as far as for pretty much all of the you know grunts that you're facing but if you're like going up against a troll it's going to do a good chunk of their health but won't kill them so it's it's like there's a lot of good stuff there in even the stealth that people have seemed to be rejecting um that i really have enjoyed but even there's a a play style that's valid where you can run around and not cast spells and you can just throw plants at people you can be a <laughs> and i feel like this would be abby this would be abba snail to a t right here that you could be the herbology professor caring for the plants and then fighting with the forces of nature, just like uh, just like Leah from uh, from Sky High, you know, <laughs> <laughs> coming out here, woo! All of a sudden, you get mad, and all the plants come to your defense. Circling back over to the companions that are available here in the game, there are four different companions in um, Hogwarts Legacy, right? Representing each house. So you have your Gryffindor companion, your Slytherin companion, your Hufflepuff, and then also Ravenclaw. And it's each of more them. Than that. Oh, really? There's even it's more? more than that. For each house, there's like four um, that you kind of get to know. And when you jump into the game, you get sorted into a house and you oh. get into the common room. And one of the first things you do is kind of meet some people and you meet three or four people from your house, just your house, uh, who will give you quests and stuff. And I found that no matter what house you take, you're going to still have those side quests available to you because you guys are in the same classes together, right? You'll see them at some of them in charms class. You'll see some of them in defense against the dark arts and some in herbology. Here's the thing that I struggled with. And I know Jason, I know you're probably no friend of Albert's, the guy from Ravenclaw that you've probably met already Um, because I only meet him in flying class and I cannot stand that kid. (laughs) <laughs> actually i don't think i have met him i haven't gotten to flying class yet well you would have seen him in the ravenclaw common room unless you just didn't talk to everybody who was there in the ravenclaw common room. I, I don't remember talking to him maybe i did I, I don't i don't there weren't any significant interactions in the ravenclaw common room if i'm being honest he strikes me as like what peter Pettigrew would be like if he was a ravenclaw oh, little God. lump of a boy always following me around <laughs> <laughs> never lets me out of his sight um but there's also a guy in uh hufflepuff i think his name's arthur and he's kind of a weenie he talks like talks like this oh that's uh, oh that's fascinating uh like harry care yeah oh my gosh he's like a baby if harry carey and christoph waltz had a baby well i've (laughs) been so fascinated by all the all the secrets (laughs) it's like so you say um, in that voice i always think nigel thornberry hello i'm nigel thornberry (laughs) (laughs) marianne (laughs) it's like marianne (laughs) have Um, you seen my wand I don't mean to alarm you dear but i seem to have mislocated my wand Um, I feel like every video that I've seen on Twitch or on YouTube that like previews the game, it's always like the same four companions. You yeah, have, your... I mean, it's it's there's there's one or two that are really great from each house, and some of them are kind of you know I don't want to say weenies, 
but kind of like weenies. You know, there's one girl uh, from Slytherin, and her whole thing is she just wants to become an ambassador to the Mer people, and Which is that's cool. that's Which, all that's about that's her thing. Bones, she doesn't know how to swim. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, literally. Spoiler. She she just wants to be an amb- an ambassador to the Mer people, which is a position that doesn't exist. She wants to be the first. She wants to create it, um, because this is a time where there are like ambassadors to centaurs and to goblins, mm-hmm. leprechauns. I'm assuming, but people who are characterized as magical beasts and not as beings, labeled as beings under the ministry. People like centaurs and goblins and Mer people have almost rejected that offer to be classified that way because they're like who are you to classify us as beings you know that kind of uh attitude a little bit of that uh you know i guess it's just human nature maybe it's not just you know muggles who have that kind of tendency maybe it's just wizards and witches and humans in general but you've got four characters that you can kind of build relationships with and my struggle was i felt like i really wasn't bonding with any of them i felt like there wasn't anybody who was close at least for a guy that I could really bond with and be my Ron Weasley in the game. You know, there's the guy who's from Gryffindor. His name's Leander Pruitt. He's from the family that, that Ron's mother's from the Pruitt family. No, but the dude's such an idiot. Like he's, he's not very talented (laughs) and he's always acting like he's talented in all the things. Like you first meet him in a duel in defense against the dark arts class with uh, the guy from Slytherin, Sebastian. It was definitely much better. And Leander, after the duel, is like, you know, I would have had him if, you know, but you know he fights dirty because, you know, you know how Slytherin are. You know, not, not as honorable as us Gryffindor. And I'm like, dude, you didn't have it, all right? You just, you, you're terrible at this. And, and he, he literally is that way in every subject that you see him. He's like, yeah, I would have done really well in herbology, but man, I've got allergies, you know, I'm red redhead and pale and, Sometimes I'm very susceptible to poison ivy, things like that. It's just the guy like makes excuses for everything. Why he's not doing like as good as he thinks he could do. And so I don't like him. And he's the only guy from Gryffindor that you get to talk to because the other characters are girls. Natty is pretty great. Um, She's as far as she's almost like Mary Poppins, practically perfect in every way. Not really any flaws in her character that I can see so far. But I've been kind of joining with Sebastian, the guy from Slytherin, because there's a point where he could throw you under the bus, but he stands up for you. And I was like, this dude's loyal. You know, this guy, I I, I get a feeling that this dude's sketchy and he's dirty. But man, he's he's not a, you know, a weasel. And, uh, you know, and that's from somebody whose Patronus is a stoat. Yeah. So uh, (laughs) and that's how I felt about Sebastian until I saw my wife playing the game. And Sebastian says the same exact things that he said to me. But, you know, maybe this is just me being a straight white male. But, uh, like, as soon as I heard him saying it to my wife's character, it sounded awfully flirtatious. <laughs> and I was like, this guy's dead to me now. It's <laughs> like this, this freaking jerk trying oh, to it's take like, my girl. It's like that guy from Skyrim that I had to kill. Yeah, yeah, Fandel. It's like had Fandel. To bring him to the to... edge of the world trying to mac on your girl camilla valerius you know <laughs> shout him off a mountain into the sea where he's never heard from again <laughs> never heard or seen from again until he, his ghost pops up in your house <laughs> and, and he's like river was agreeable enough i suppose for a north village 
Fandle, aren't you dead? <laughs> There's beauty in here in all of Skyrim, to be sure. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh my goodness. But um, one of the things I really liked about Natty was that it tossed out a reference that she's a transfer student as well, but she transfers yeah. over from Wagadu, which yeah, we covered, of course, from our Animagus episode. That's right. Oh, yeah. That's right. Jason and she acting even talks like he's about heard how it. they don't use uh, wands in their magic. <laughs> Jason she acting like he's listened to every to episode. Yeah, that, <laughs> was, that was <laughs> that was my favorite episode. I knew that. I did know that. <laughs> um, but she's there from Wagadoo, and that's it, it's great because it gives a lot more life to the whole world. It's not just Hogwarts. Um, mm-hmm. and also the map is immense, immense. As far as an open world goes, it's crazy the distance that they cover. I thought that the game was just going to be Hogwarts and Hogsmeade, and both of those areas are crazy big. And then I got to look at the world map, and Hogwarts isn't even a a large portion of the world map. And I felt like Hogwarts takes forever to get around. Can't even imagine how long it would take you to go from end to end of the map on foot. On broom, I'm sure it still takes you, you know, a good 10, 15 minutes. I'll tell you guys right now, I've been just running around for the last two hours while we've been talking. And, I, <laughs> like, and I, I've just like discovering things on my mini map, like, oh, I'll come back to this some other time. Yep, yep. And I'm, I've still probably not even gone further than like a half mile from the castle. It's, like, it's it, so far away. It's crazy. You haven't even gone to Hogsmeade yet? No, I mean, I've gone to Hogsmeade. Um, it's like all the scottish highlands that is the area yeah yeah i mean i'm just traveling around like this little like countryside and i just like finding all this stuff where like oh i don't have the spell for that yet i don't have the spell for that yet um but it's just like yeah i'm just exploring is immense like but i'm i'm also an idiot like i don't know why i'm doing this without a broom i should i should just progress my story just progress in the story till you get the broom (laughs) you know yeah, but you uh, even it, get options with a broom. Like you can customize. Yeah. You can get different, so many different style choices with the broom. So, uh, like it's it's just crazy. I love the options that they provide for you. Even though you know, I selfishly wish that there could have been more custom creation uh, in the uh, character creation, uh, as far as you know, to be able to really dial in the face and the look. But you know, everything else kind of has made up for it as yeah. far as the rest of the customization options and the coloring, which brings me to creating your home base in the room of requirement. So this isn't a spoiler. This is a feature of the game, but the room of requirement presents itself to itself to you and is a place where it functions as a base of operations for your character, where you're able to customize the way it looks. And I'm talking about everything from the floors to the ceiling, to the cabinets, to the walls. You get all kinds of different things that you can put in to decorate the room of requirement, but a lot of them can be functional as well. So the station where you upgrade your gear is in the room of requirement. You can craft potions in the room of requirement, so you don't have to constantly go to the potions classroom and do that. Um, You get uh, different items. Uh, You can collect fantastic beasts and put them into the room of requirement where it's like Newt Scamander's briefcase. But inside of the room of requirement, you can unleash them in a vivarium, just a, like which is like an aquarium for just things that are alive. And so uh, you get to be able to do that. You can even name the creatures that you uh, collect, your magical beasts. 
which uh you know one of the main antagonists of the game is a group of poachers that are kind of scouring the highlands looking for magical beasts and there's all kinds of things all the way from puff skeins to thestrals and unicorns and phoenixes uh it's just absolutely immense and you get to name them it's like the pokemon fan in me being able to live out all those you know pokemon fandom hopes and dreams inside of harry potter as well because i'm collecting my my thestrals and my puff skeins and i'm naming them i've already got sonic the puff skein i've got <laughs> blossom and buttercup uh and looking for bubbles i'm looking for a bubbles puff skein you know to add into the group too uh, I thought for sure that you'd them, be naming them. them all Greek mythology. No, no, no. That's that's specifically for the Gen One Pokemon. You know, the the <laughs> the, the, the 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 real ones that are the real OGs. Um, but you've got different stations there where you can grow plants and ingredients, including ones that you use in combat, like the cabbages and the mandrakes and the venomous tentacula leaves. You you get to do so much with that, and I can't even describe in a short brief time the level of depth that you can go in customizing the room of requirement and you can even in the area the open field where you keep all of your magical beasts you get to customize that and you can add decoration things to that things that are like automatic feeders that your magical beast can just walk up to and food comes out to them magically um, a well, toy box that you can pull out toys for for them to play with. It's just absolutely. I've I've spent hours just decorating the room of requirement. Now as let soon me as ask I got you it. this though. Now this sounds very interesting. I'm excited to get to that part of the game. Would you rather though have things like Quidditch and Wizards Chess than have oh. this? I'll tell because you what. I don't know if anybody's missing out on wizard's chess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know me personally. It's like, all right, yeah, yeah wizard's you chess. Know, that's a sub quest I'm not planning on taking. You know, there's some subreddit of 40 people out there who are going nuts that there's no wizard's chess. They're mad about it. Well, they're the same people who like playing Pazak in Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you yeah. enjoy, like, oh, yeah, I really create my character just to play that card game. <laughs> personally, I'm not really missing Quidditch, okay. um, even though I'm sure like, you know, my character might be you know decent as a flyer, probably mm-hmm. wouldn't have a ton of interest in being on the Quidditch team. I mean, you're, you're talking to the guy who was vice president of the theater club at school. <laughs> so naturally speaking, I mean, while I am fairly athletic, I'm not uh, an athlete per se. You know what I mean? Gotcha. So I was more interested in the flying aspect in general rather than the sport of Quidditch and playing the game. By the way, in the in the books, don't they only play Quidditch like four games a year? Like they, they only it play seems like, like four they play games like a whole 20 year. Times. Yeah. Well, I'd they, say each each house only plays like four or five games though, right? Like because you they only play three play every really. Yeah, they, they, they just play, play each other twice. Once, I mean, right? if they only if they only play each other once, then there's only three games. There's got to be more than three. Each year, the various house teams play each other once. This results oh, in gosh. six games of Quidditch. That's Gryffindor versus Slytherin, Hufflepuff, and Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw, Slytherin, Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, Hufflepuff, Slytherin, Gryffindor, Ravenclaw. Oh, okay. Six, so six right. games in the whole year. Yeah. You know, so your team only plays in three. So yeah. it's like, are we really missing out on much? 
You know what I mean? It's like that would be like one Quidditch game a chapter of the game because the game works in the in the chapters as you progress in the story. Mm-hmm. The seasons change, um, which is cool because I'm in fall now and there's there's gourds everywhere, uh, which I'm not terribly into because, you know, like Halloween isn't my favorite time of year either. So it's like, oh, pumpkins everywhere. Great. Wonderful. And I guess there's no championship for Quidditch either, right? It's just you play the other house. I think it's just the team that has the best uh, best record. record at the end of the season. I mean, that's just what I think, right? I mean, you only play three times. Although I would love to play in a game just to hear the resounding chorus of Robbie is our king. <laughs> <laughs> they love me. They love me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Slytherins are even singing about me. <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you. I'm like, I'm like the white knight. No, thanks necessary. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, I think that uh, Quidditch isn't really too much of a thing that I'm missing out on. I mean, Wizard's Chest would be like something the game would force you to do for one quest and then never again. And the game does so great at creating a variety of puzzles for you to say. Like, I haven't seen such good puzzles since, like, Zelda. You know, it's like like Zelda-level puzzle uh, puzzle work here. I haven't Um, gotten much big puzzle stuff. But I'll tell you what, I'm probably I'm a little embarrassed at how long it took me to figure out arithmancy. <laughs> oh my goodness. If we can one. talk about that. <laughs> the arithmancy, uh, I won't I won't give any spoiler. I won't spoil it for you. I'll tell you, just go to the arithmancy classroom. Okay? Just go to the arithmancy classroom. Don't try to solve it on your own for a half hour like I did. I yeah. figured it out, but there's there's literally, literally a cheat sheet for you it, that right. they put in the game. So just the, go yeah. to arithmetic class. <laughs> yes. But like when you think about it too, like I did the same thing. The first one I did, I literally was just like, it was just trial and error until I finally mm-hmm. got it open. Right. And then I, then I found the cheat sheet. And then as I was looking at the cheat sheet, I realized, oh, like I'm an idiot. This is actually spelled the kind of spelled out for you. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it, it's, it's, <laughs> it's actually a much easier than you think it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's not difficult at all. And yeah. once you once you know it, it it becomes so trivial. It's just yeah. it's just basic math. Um, yeah, it's, it's just basic right. addition. Well, um, and when I first stumbled upon it, I knew that it had something to do with the number in the middle, and I knew that you had to solve the you had to kind of get up to that number. But then it's you have to figure out what all the pictures mean, right? You're solving for that right. X right. Well, that's in the, the equation. That's it's kind of basic algebra. But then when you, but then when you actually look at the, uh, I don't even know if I want to explain it. I feel like everybody needs to suffer through this like I did. <laughs> like, I don't even think I want to explain. It. Well, you're I don't want to give away point, what the values are. You right, know? right. You're gonna get to a point where all of a sudden you're gonna be like, I'm, I'm dumb, and then you're gonna, and then we're all gonna be in the same boat. It's literally three numbers with a number in the middle. You know, and you're basically trying to get the three corners, the three corner numbers of the triangle to add up to the number that's in the middle. But one of them is always uh, unknown. One of them is a variable. No, so no, it's basic, like it's basic algebra. Just it's like it three plus two plus, you know, spider equals eight. You know, it's like, 
okay, so what do I need, uh, you know, to, to get to, um, it's, it's, it's just, uh, or it'll be question marks, you know, it will be question marks. So what, what number do you need to add it up? But, uh, instead of a number, it's symbols, it's pictures. Um, so it's like spider, lizard, hydra, unicorn, demiguys. It's different, like magical creatures that you're using, uh, to solve the equation. But there's a cheat sheet that figures it out for you. Um, it took me a while to figure it out myself because uh, there was something really basic that I o I had an oversight with where I was on the right track, but there was one thing that I calculated. And that's the best thing I can say without just giving away and saying what you know the trick is to it. Um, but all the puzzles, I think, have been great. The Merlin trials, which are things that you find all throughout the entire uh, open world, which you want to do because they allow you to have more gear in your inventory um, oh, okay. to that's carry more, more gear. gear. Yeah. So that's why you want to be able to do those. You want to, you want to finish those challenges, not just because, you know, me and Jason are completionists because it's actually functional in the game. It lets you carry more stuff and not have to go and make stops and hogs made to sell all your inventory as much. But those, those challenges, they utilize different spells and different, methods and you have to be able to really pay attention to how you do it and i always come up to it it seems like i've come across at least probably eight to ten different kinds of those puzzles and then there's treasure trove spots that are even different from the merlin trials i mean it's just a level of complexity that i haven't really seen since zelda games and i know that's probably a high bar and people are probably gonna push back on that but i just haven't seen uh puzzles be done well and consistently throughout a game where it feels like they keep on adding challenges past the first couple um that it seems like i'm still coming across challenges where i still need to think about it for a couple minutes um to figure it out so it's 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 good it's good you know um is there anything else that we need to cover as far as uh our first impressions on the game did we ever cover how the sorting ceremony is? Like, does it go through a couple of questions or do you just choose whatever house you want to be in? Oh, Jason, you should probably know this because uh, that was the day when uh, you first got the game and the Wizarding World, you know, kind of page was down and I managed oh. to sneak in before. But what was it like for you? Well, uh, um, the in terms of the sorting, like, what's the process? You know, in Wizarding World, it's all these lame questions. It's like forest oh, it's, or mountain. Yeah, no, it's very simplistic. Um, it's literally, I think, one question. I mean, you're talking about, like, linking linking your game uh, or, like, linking your Wizarding World account. That was a little bit of a fiasco, literally. Like their the WB website went down and you couldn't yeah. make anything. So they weren't prepared for how many people yeah. were going to be on the game, you know, or were yeah. going to be buying it even. So I think they bought into the boycott hype. They believed it. <laughs> they were like, "Man, I think we're going to be low on our sales." Turned yeah, out we we flooded them. There was um and and of course everybody was afraid that if they didn't link their account that that was going to be it and they wouldn't be able to link it later. And uh, finally, mm -hmm. I found, and I was I was a little afraid too. Um, but then right. I found somebody just who was already in the game, like you were, and they were like, "No, there's a way you can link it." So I, I ended up starting my game anyway um, without linking. The sorting hat was literally like one question, and it, honestly, it was pretty. As long as you know Harry Potter, 
it was a mm-hmm. pretty easy to figure out like what it was gonna suggest for you. Mm-hmm. But like everything else in the game, you can you can do what you want. But it was it was pretty it was pretty simple at the end of the day. It wasn't anything extravagant. The only other thing I want to bring up though is I will say there is Rob. I don't know if you knew about this. There is a small quest that will take you to Azkaban. Oh, oh for Ravenclaws. No, it's only for Ravenclaws, right? No, it's only for Hufflepuffs. What? Oh yes. man, they had to they had to cushion up Hufflepuff so yes. that people would pick it. Very small. It's like a very small, like direct. Like I don't even know if all Hufflepuffs would get it. It might only be like if you're going down like a certain path or something like that. But I, I don't know. Maybe it was. I read a small article on it. Maybe it's like a field trip or something. But yeah, you have to be a Hufflepuff for it, and just in case. Anybody wants to all of a sudden switch allegiances? <laughs> you know, there is a small Azkaban storyline. Oh, man. Check out the creepiest place in all of the Harry yeah. Potter universe. Before I go, I'm going to have to brush up on the Patronus charm. <laughs> One of my biggest hopes in this game was that if you linked your Wizarding World account, then when you cast the Patronus charm, your, your Patronus from Wizarding World pops up in-game. I mean, that would have been top-notch for me. And that would be great, but Patrona, the Patronus charm is not in the game currently. That's interesting. You know, I'd love to oh. I'd love to be surprised, and I'd love for there to be a DLC where Dementors are at play, oh, and, they, and they add that on in. Hogwarts. You know, because I feel like that's just the way that games are, because a game can't just come out as a game. Games have to have DLC, you know what I mean? Every, not ever since Skyrim. DLC. Well, Skyrim did have DLC. I know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Ushered in. Yeah. It yeah. ushered in the era of DLC. <laughs> it's like, hey, you know what? We could get another $60 out of people <laughs> through a It wouldn't pass. surprise me if uh if they're if they created a like even like a Quidditch DLC. Like if that's something yeah. they're still working on. Uh, you know, not for everybody. You don't have to spend money on it. Mm-hmm. Um I think that would probably be a good way to go. I thought yeah. about that too, was that Quidditch would be the obvious DLC. But I still think, you know, I agree with Jay on this. And I guess it makes sense because Harry learns how to cast the Patronus Charm in his fifth year. Well, no, it's his third year. But uh, Lupin, like, warns him, like, this is dangerous advanced magic well beyond your, you know, your age. And even when they're in fifth grade, they're like, oh, is it true you can cast a Patronus Charm? And everybody's, Mm -hmm. like, amazed by that. And even when Harry takes his OWLs, in the books, it mentions how like blown away the you know examiner is that he can cast the Patronus charm in a corporeal form. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's just they're like blown away because it's so beyond what a fifth year would be able to do or would be, even be expected to do. It just makes sense. I I get why it's not in there, but at the same time, they got you doing some uh, you know unforgivable curses as well. <laughs> so take that as you will. And of course, in my character, I'm not going to be going around casting imperious curses and and torturing people or killing people outright. You know, I'm going to kill them ethically, which is, (laughs) you know, slowly with the Defendo charm. (laughs) Definitely already murdered some uh, dark wizards (laughs) in the forest. That's for sure. Dark wizards. I mean, uh, this isn't a spoiler, but the big enemies that you face are poach it's three different groups there's poachers there's dark wizard bandits and then there's uh goblins in a goblin rebellion 
and uh they're they're kind of all throughout and there's magical beasts that you're fighting too there's giant spiders and wolves and trolls and other things too i'll tell you what i love and uh this is a bit of advice a tip for people uh you know who are getting into the game or maybe you're playing and you might be struggling with some different challenges as far as the creatures and the enemies go look in your uh in your book in your collections it shows like biographies like information about each type of villain or enemy that you can oh, face like strengths and, and it will tell you their weaknesses it will tell you like what things you can do to counter them um and in some characters like there's uh things called dug bogs um where you can uh levitate them by their tongues they're these huge creatures with with super rough hides they hardly take any damage jason have you come across one of these yet i have yes yeah well you can kill them instantly if you catch them uh doing a certain attack you can levitate them by their tongues and then you cast the severing charm defendo on them it cuts their tongue clean off and kills them instantly and so there's like hidden stuff like that that you can find in the biographies of those characters um i don't think it tells you about the defendo trick um but it lets you know that you can like levitate them and so uh you come across things like that and uh and you'll find like combinations of spells how they synergize with each other and it just it just when you discover those things it feels so satisfying yeah that sounds cool I guess the biggest looming question would be, do you guys think that this game has been living up to the expectations that we've been putting on it over the last several years? Uh, so I would say, all right. So my brother, uh, my younger brother asked me if he should play it. He's not a huge Harry Potter fan. He asked me what I thought and if he should play. And I thought, you know, I don't, I don't know that this game is doing anything unique. A lot of the mechanics and everything feel very familiar to me, but the world and the uh, like the just how immense it is and how beautiful it is. I mean, it's it's worth it just to tr like just to walk around and be here and explore and like uh, literally one thing I did while, um, you know, while we've just been talking is I just like, I went up to like the top of a mountain where I was just like looking at Hogwarts screenshot it, make it the background of my PS five, you know, like, it's awesome. You know, like just stuff like that. Like it's, uh, I, to me, it's worth it as a Harry Potter fan. It's, I think it's so far it's lived up to it. And I told him like, if you just if you just like it's not gonna it's probably not gonna be a huge challenge for him. He likes really challenging games as well, but I think I think he'll have fun with it. I for wanted sure. to be like yes, your brother who is also Phoenix Tail Feather Core. <laughs> I don't, you know what? I don't even know if he's ever taken the quiz. I'm gonna have to make him do that. I think it's definitely worth taking the quizzes on Wizarding World even if you only use them for one character because you're not set into all of those. I was worried about that with all my other characters because I want to create different people, one for each house. And I almost am creating these characters thinking like in my mind, I'm creating my own golden trio from Harry Potter series. You know what I mean? But I haven't gotten to the point where I've customized the wands for any of them. I've gotten them sorted. 
but you go into Hogsmeade a little bit later in the story. And so I've been able to, you know, get them sorted into different houses, but I haven't, you know, done any of the any of the wand stuff. I may even go back and take the Wizarding World uh, wand quiz, but just be like, what would Tiberius Selwyn say? Tiberius, that's my <laughs> that's my Slytherin character. <laughs> Tiberius Selwyn, you know, uh, you know, his friends would call him Ty. And the Selwyns are one of the sacred 28 families, you know, pure blood Slytherin. I would uh, maybe go through some of the Wizarding uh, World quizzes, but I, th- I think it's definitely worth your while to do those things and connect it. One, it gives you more invested and more immersed into the world. And also, I think I wasn't upset about how simplistic the sorting ceremony was because I had already taken that Wizarding World quiz. And I didn't want it to turn into like, Jay, you remember Pokemon Mystery Dungeon? You remember that game? Oh, no, I avoided that that personality quest. It gave you a personality quiz to determine what Pokemon you became like in the game. And it was like, oh, you're the naughty type. So you better be a Cyndaquil. (laughs) You know, it's like, oh, you're docile. You should be Bulbasaur. And so it would do that. And it felt like such a drag in the excitement to the story. Yeah, when you don't get Charmander and drawn out and I had to keep resetting to get Charmander and Chimchar. Like it just took, (laughs) just took forever, you know? And I think that the sorting ceremony is good. It's good. It just asks you one question and you can kind of split into two houses on each end of that question. I guess Um, I still haven't received anything different because it's linked to my account. So it's always going to suggest to me that it's Gryffindor because that's my wizarding world account. But you could see like justification for two houses on each end of that question. And it just it just would be so worth to do the questionnaire on your own in the wizarding world and then connect it. And you don't have to go through the long drawn out ceremony in game where you might have to like go back and and redo things or anything like that. It's just it's just so great as far as the game and how it holds up. It was well worth the wait. Um, and I was appreciative of the game developers delaying the game and being willing to do that, especially due to the pandemic and then being like, hey, we want to make sure that this is a great product that you guys are going to enjoy. So we're delaying our release. And everybody was like, OK, you know, we're right. you know, it was it was like we were expecting the game to come out last year. Sure. But. I'm glad that they waited and didn't rush the project and rush everything to be subpar or, you know, have all these things that were buggy or things that would deter from the overall play of the game. Mm -hmm. And it just reminds me of like the curse of Pokemon where Pokemon games are always on that three year cycle where it's, you get, they got to have a new game every year and a Mm -hmm. new generation every three years and it just feels like the they haven't been able to keep up that pace and maintain great quality. Even though I love Pokemon, it's my it's my favorite franchise of all time, and uh, and we're doing a Harry Potter podcast and not a Pokemon <laughs> one. But have um, you seen the newest starter set? Oh my gosh! Well, have you know, you seen... hey, I'm happy with my Meowscarada. I'll just say that. Oof. But everybody else, sorry if you picked a Quaxley. Quaxley's, Quaxley's evolution. Oh, it was such a big letdown. Oh, terrible. Such <laughs> a shame. Could have been a pirate. Anyway, um, 
as far as the the looks of the game, the graphics, as Jason said, are absolutely gorgeous. They're stunning. Uh, the way that the world looks and it just really brings the Harry Potter universe to life and helps you to really immerse into the world of Harry Potter. And uh, it's a game that I've, I spent several, I spent an hour at one sitting just going through the how whole halls of Hogwarts looking for one stupid flying key. And it felt like I was constantly running into new stuff. You know, it's just, mm -hmm. It's just the game has so many different secrets and every every turn you make, it seems like you discover something new or see something that you didn't see before. And all of the different characters that you come across, even the NPC ones, seem to be pretty rich and uh, exciting. And they're different enough that they're not like the Super Friends TV show from the 1970s, where everybody just sounds the same and everybody's just the same vanilla person all the different mm. students from the houses that you get to do side quests with and spend time with, you get invested with some of them. And I think there's somebody for everybody that everybody's going to be um, drawn to different characters. Some people are going to stick with Sebastian and they're going to love that. Some people are going to be all for the one girl who is uh, obsessed with mermaids. Some people are going to be with the guy who uh, is Leander from, stinking Gryffindor who I can't stand, but somebody's going to enjoy being around that guy. Somebody's <laughs> going to like him. I know it. Um, but, you know, none of them can compare to my sweetheart. I finally found the one. Jay, I haven't even told you about this. Have I told you guys about my girl Poppy? No, <laughs> Poppy from Hufflepuff. There's a Hufflepuff. Her name is Poppy. And she is amazing. She is breathtaking. She's a little <laughs> odd. She's a little odd. <laughs> They call her Peculiar Poppy. At least her critics do. <laughs> you know, but as Kanye West once said, Scream From the Haters got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero needs theme music. You know, so mm. uh, you meet her. And I'll tell you what, I think uh, I got a little uh, emotionally invested in that character, especially because of, she. one, she looks a little bit like my wife. She's got the brown <laughs> hair. She's, you know, she's, She's got the complexion down. I you thought you were going to be like, one, she was a little peculiar. No. <laughs> <it's not. laughs> well, my wife is not as socially awkward as uh, as Poppy is. But you uh, also, our first date, we went to like a small zoo. And you meet Poppy when you're in Gryffindor. You don't meet her until you take your first beast class. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sitting there, and me and Poppy are feeding the, the kneesles together. We're just feeding feeding the kneesles, and it oh. reminded me of watching my wife. I'm falling in love with my wife as she fed little goats. You know, and it's just I was like, oh my gosh, Poppy. Just when I was thinking I don't like any of these characters, <laughs> along came Poppy. <laughs> <laughs> Once I heard about this character, I thought for sure that you would get a little bit closer to this character more so than the others, because doesn't this character like help with like or teach you about breeding the animals that you find, the magical beasts? You know, it's possible, and I haven't. Maybe I haven't gotten there yet. I'm still oh. in chat. I may be level thirty, but I'm like early in chapter two. Like I just got to the point where I can uh, gather, and they they frame it as rescue the magical beasts. It does yep. seem a little bit like stealing because I remember me and Justin <laughs> talked about this, and I was like, "Yeah, you get to collect fantastic beasts." And she was like, "Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's like yeah, you get to rescue them." And she was like, "Oh." From where? Their natural and, environments. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know, it might be. <laughs> it's 
pretty right. I was like, but hey, listen, the Highlands are full of poachers. You got to protect them. You know, it's like the elephants yeah. we've got in our reserves. You know, you got to you got to fence them in to keep everybody out and, and preserve their their living. And if the only way I can keep them alive is by keeping them in my tiny briefcase, I'll let Newt's commander, then so be it. Hey, I will say there's plenty of room to roam in the room of requirement space that they give you. It's it's pretty spectacularly big. Well, I can't wait, Jason, until you see how big it is, because right. it is a. Uh, a lot bigger than I thought. I thought it was going to be like industrialized, you know, factory farming situation. I thought it was going to be Animal House in there. Isn't that the what's the name of the book? Is it Animal House or is it it's it's a uh, it's the Animal jungle farm. that I'm thinking of? Animal Farm. Animal Farm, yeah. All right, first of all, Animal Farm's not even about the industrial revolution, so I'm stupid on that count. I'm thinking of the book The Jungle. I'm thinking of Upton Sinclair. So it's like the jungle. I thought it was going to be like that, where it's going to be like, you know, you got chickens inside of a tiny cage where the chicken is bigger than the cage that it's it's living in. And you just feed it through a straw or something. They have, it, these are free range magical beasts. You know what I'm talking about? My Thestrals that I've got, um, that, I just, that I just captured right before the podcast. I mean, <laughs> rescued. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm, t- I'm coming from a Pokemon perspective and use the word capture when you catch a Pokemon. You know what I mean? I'm out here like Chris Hansen with these magic. But I'm out to catch some predators, some magic predators. You know? <laughs> yeah, that, uh, as- that might have had a that might have had another meeting to it. And, uh, you know, it, 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 in my head, it sounded much better. It sounded much better <laughs> in my head before I said it. And uh, I'll retract it. I'll be I'll be quick to retract it. Yeah. <laughs> And maybe I'll be doing a service to J.K. Rowling and taking some heat off of her for a second. And then be like, hey, we got to come across this guy talking about magical predators. Yeah. And, you yeah. already mentioned, and you already mentioned Kanye, too. Yeah, and I talked about, I mean, that's two unforgivable sins right there. <laughs> yeah. I may not be casting any unforgivable curses, but like uh, like what our former guest uh, from Slytherin Craig would say, spitting some unforgivable verses, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Woof! As yeah, I know, it's like I feel like the I feel like the podcast is. I almost most of the time, and if we're being honest with each other, I can say this because Abby's not here. Sometimes I'll just try to say provocative things just to make Abby say woof. You know, I feel like it, <laughs> I feel like if uh, I feel like if I don't get a woof out of Abby or an oh my word, I feel like I've I failed. You know, it's like yeah, it's a blown I feel like podcast. I haven't done enough uh, saying something wild. You know, to you know, just I feel like, oh man, I didn't have enough zest in there to make an oh my word come out. That's funny. Thanks, you guys, for joining us for this episode of the Slug Club podcast. If you like the conversation and you want to hear more, you can find the Slug Club podcast on Spotify or also on Apple Podcasts. If you want to join in on the conversation and give us ideas for new conversations, new podcast episodes. You can follow us on our social media at The Slug Club on Instagram or on Facebook. We'll see you guys later, but until then, mischief managed. The Slug Club podcast is a creative discussion between Harry Potter fans and has no affiliation whatsoever with Warner Brothers, J.K. Rowling, or any of their affiliates. All opinions expressed in the Slug Club podcast are completely our own. No house elves were harmed in the making of this episode.